0: Welcome to the W2 Prison Break Show, a podcast and YouTube series hosted by real estate investor, author, and coach Brian O'Neill. Tune in each week as we interview business owners who have successfully planned and executed their W2 Prison Break. You'll hear their stories, learn about their challenges, and what ultimately pushed them over the edge and gave them the courage to break free. Most importantly, you'll discover they are not much different than you. Listen in each week as we give you useful insights and action items to start your W2 Prison Break and get you on the path you were always meant to be on. Hey there, friends. Welcome back. Another episode of the W2 Prison Break show. I am just super excited about our next guest. I say that every week. I know. He's like, Brian's always excited. And this is me excited, by the way. I don't know. It's just my tone, I suppose, but. I really am excited about our next guest. But before we talk about our next awesome guest, he's just going to bring it today. I mean, you're really going to learn a lot about branding, personal branding, corporate branding, and the difference between branding and marketing. I want to continue to thank you. I'm grateful that you're tuning in to the show every week. There's a lot of things you could be doing right now. You're choosing to listen to the show. That matters to me. That matters to my family. And I'm just super grateful that you're choosing to listen to this show and following it. And for those of you who have left reviews, super awesome. You're just the best. And for those of you who have shared the episode, because I've heard that you've, you said, hey, that episode, I like that episode, the solo cast you did, or you interviewed Peter Ton, whoever it was, David Nurse, it's like, hey, I shared it. So that is just the best. That's how the show grows. That is how we are going to reach one million people. We're inspiring and educating one million people to quit their W2 jobs, start the business of their dreams. That's the mission. And we're going to do it together because I cannot do it alone. So today's guest is Steph Hilfer. And Steph is a branding expert. She's going to talk to us today about the importance of branding, what it can do for your bottom line. This is just completely mind-boggling. And she's really going to talk to us and teach us how we can identify our brand, how we can get our brand to bring it to life. Because a lot of us, it's inside of us, right? The brand is inside of us. Our personal brand is living inside of us. And we just don't know what's there. Steph is going to give us some great insight and some tips on how to get it out of us and get it into our product, into our story, whatever it is that we're selling, whatever it is that our business is. I learned a lot during this episode. I just cannot wait for you to listen to it. So I'm going to stop talking and we're going to get right to the show. Steph, welcome to the W2 Prison Break show. I'm so happy to have you on. Look forward to this chat today.
1: Likewise. Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, definitely. I'm excited to learn from you. And I know the listeners are too, because this is a topic that is, you know, branding is something that I don't really know a lot about. And, you know, you're clearly an expert. But before we get into, you know, all the awesomeness about branding, and all the people that you help and all the insight that you're going to give us today, what we always want to learn, like, what were you doing? What was Steph doing before she started her branding business? If you give us some context around that, we'd love to hear it.
1: Yes. And you're probably like, whoa, I did not expect this coming. But I actually share this story a lot. I explain to anyone who will listen that I have been a business owner since 10. And I am absolutely counting my lemonade stand and my babysitting business and the candy and the Cokes and the ice cream that my parents let me sell off of our patio. I'm absolutely counting all of that because all of that really shaped me to be an entrepreneur and to be a business owner. It also really shaped me to have a career and to be a W-2 worker. And so I did naturally fall right into entrepreneurship as a young girl. And then as we all did, I got my first job. And to kind of wrap it up quickly, my first job rolled into this marketing coordinator type role. And then from there, I did a coupon or something. I, I created this silly coupon and they were like, whoa, you can do that? And you know, to me, I'm looking at it done and I'm like, yeah, I can do that. <laughs> I just did. Yeah. And But it was so innate to me and it came so naturally to me to be able to produce marketing material that I didn't think of it as special. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important, like part of the story. And so... That role really morphed into this full blown marketing role. And I kind of approached the branding world, which I live and breathe now a little backwards because I started with marketing and then, you know, kind of worked my way up the employment ladder and eventually landed myself as a director of marketing and was managing that. And then through all these great careers, and there wasn't a ton. I say that. And even though these days, it's not necessarily frowned upon to career jump, but I had really amazing employers. And I only, you know, each of them were like six years, six years here, six years there. Mm -hmm. But I, after, you know, the director of marketing role, I found myself in a sales role, which I thought was kind of crazy. And to be honest, it was unintentional. It was marketed and advertised as more of a marketing role. But in the grand scheme of things, it really was sales. And so I landed in that job and to be completely frank, and I've told this to that past employer as well, I came home the first week in full-blown tears, not only just full-blown tears, but very like mad and rude. And like, I took it out on my husband and took it out on anyone around me. I just felt like this was such a move that was so not me. However, I stuck it out and I worked that job for five years. And where this kind of speeds up to my prison, my W2 prison break nice. is through that sales job, of course, I naturally tipped my toe in and started helping them with marketing and branding as well. Mm-hmm. But through that sales role, about two years in, I got what I've always called as itchy. Anytime in my like career and work life, even back when I was, you know, first job. Anytime that I kind of got bored or itchy and there was this desire to do something for myself, I called it getting itchy. It started off first with this little design business designed by Steph. That lasted for a few, you know, eight years or so. Then I got a camera and I found that there's a skill there. And so I started, I got itchy again, you know, another eight years later and I started Steph Photography. And about two years into this sales role that I was not ready for about two years in, I got itchy. I got really itchy and that's how Vim became. That's how I started my business. And that was the start. Like that was the plastic spoon that I got at the cafeteria for my W2 prison break. Like it was the first little tool that I could start sharpening. It was my itchy moment to start making my prison break. And so at the two and a half year ish mark, it was about six months before COVID. And I knew that this was happening and this was a thing that's been running for a little bit of two years. I went to my employer and I said, I'm ready to jump ship and go do my own thing. Mm-hmm. It was never a secret. I'm very transparent. And so they said, okay and i also said the same thing i said i'd like to come up with a plan on how we can transition myself out so that i could you know slowly get into this but not leave you guys hanging and so we came up with this transition plan that for every person that i would hire train and kind of get into the work into the sales force i could drop a day and then as soon as i hire train and get into the sales force five people essentially i was free and I say that with love because I thought it was a great plan at the time. And I still think it was a very, you know, it was a good plan. Yeah. Well, like I said, that was six months before COVID. So then COVID happens. And are we hiring people in fives? No, <laughs> we are not. So I stick it out another year at the end of 2020, December end of 2020. I say, okay, I did the best I can. I am going to go full Monty into my business. And I did. And so that was the really long story of my W-2 career into my prison break.
0: I appreciate the story. And <laughs> I got a chuckle out of the getting itchy thing because I guess it's just another, that's your version of shiny object syndrome. Perhaps. I
1: guess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: But that sounds much better.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So, I mean, you should definitely trade Coin that, that <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Because I've never heard it before. Okay. And then one other takeaway I had is a, a lot of the listeners who are thinking about leaving their job, I had the I experienced this personally. I have so much anxiety about leaving. It's like I like dreading to tell them, right? Where you were just like, "Hey, no, no, no. I'm not yeah. staying here." Like, you know, I'm itchy over here and you know, <laughs> at some point I'm leaving. I think that probably made everybody feel better, including your employer.
1: Yeah. I've just always been overly transparent. And you know, I've had the blessing and honor in my past careers to be a leader, to have departments, to be a department head, to manage people. And the way I always enjoyed being managed and managing was with as much transparency as possible. And I know being in that role of authority, it's actually really hard to get that. Even when you say, trust me, you can tell me all the things, you can be honest. The employee feels like okay, but if I'm truly honest, what if they take the job away? Or what if they reprimand me in some way? And so there's always this fear behind being truly transparent. And because I've had the blessing of being in both roles, I just knew that I was just going to tell it how it is. I went in with the best intention of saying, how can this serve us both? How can this be a win for us both? And I also have to give credit where credit is due. My past employer husband and wife team are incredible advocates for small businesses. They are a small business. They support us wanting to be entrepreneurs. And so not only did we have that open, transparent communication, they want to still see me succeed. And so it made it easy. I wish it was more people had that
0: yeah not everybody gets that, but that's a good story to share. And usually, it's never as bad as we make it out in our head. We just kind of project and it's they're like, Hey, yeah, I'm happy for you. What took you so long? Yeah
1: you know? well, I think we get in our head about like what we call the worst case scenarios, mm-hmm. and we always jump that, you know, let's say the worst case scenario in our head is we lose our job, and we jump from losing our job to all of a sudden being homeless. Right. There's this whole gap of things that actually would need to be happened for that worst case scenario to really play out that we have in our head. There's a lot of other things that have to go on. There's a lot of slips and slides and, dare I say, failures that really have to happen for your whatever your worst case scenario is in your head to come to life. And so, to what you're saying, is like it's really not as scary as we create in our own minds. Totally.
0: Good point. I appreciate the share. Okay. So, Love the backdrop on how you left your job and started. Now you went into something you knew, like you're a marketing and branding person, clearly, and that's the business that you started. Let's talk about your business. Because again, I just, I'm just i excited to talk about branding, to learn about it. But what did maybe the early days of your business look like? Had you been doing it a bit on the side or did you just leave and then jump right into it?
1: Yeah, so I'd been moonlighting <laughs> in the branding business of Vim. For about two years, literally burning the midnight oil. Listeners, I know you guys get it. You know, I felt like a college kid again, pulling all-nighters, literal all-nighters here and there. And so it really started with a few anchor clients, just a few anchor clients that believed in myself, believed in what we were doing. And to be honest, it actually looked a bit different in the beginning because we had these anchor clients who not just wanted branding, they wanted more of the branding and marketing support. And so it was more of a full service marketing agency at the time okay. where my heart and my soul and my love, of course, is in that marketing as well. But what I love to help people with is to bring this vision and this authenticity that is them to life. You know, We know who we are. We know what we feel and what we believe and what makes us unique and different, but putting it out into the world in a Package deliverable way and how to maintain that consistently, that's challenging because it just lives and breathes up here in our head. It's, you know, here in our heart, it's living in our gut, and we leave it there. And so I love pulling all of that out of people and putting it on paper. And so when I went full bore into the business full time, I immediately, as soon as I could, hired my operations manager and we went to work to get that core service as our bread and butter. Naturally, of course, we kept serving our anchor clients. We still have some of our anchor clients. And so we still offer some of the marketing support. But because what gets me excited and what gets me all fired up is that branding, that is truly what we lead with for all clients.
0: I love it. And by the way, for those of you not watching on YouTube, it does get her fired up. I can see the look on her face <laughs> when she's when she's describing it. So she's definitely <laughs> passionate about it, which is super important when you're in business, because as you said, you have to have a reason why you're not sleeping.
1: Yeah. Yes. Good you know? call.
0: And a lot of us, it's just about money. I mean, obviously we're not doing this for free, but you love to do it and it's on your face. Mm-hmm. So I just love that you shared that. Okay. So marketing and branding, there's a difference. And you're the expert and please enlighten us.
1: Yes. So there is absolutely a difference. And what every entrepreneur, every business owner does when they first start or when things are going slow or when they need to ramp it up, what do they do? Oh my gosh, we need to go to market. Oh, we need a new marketing, right? We jump to the marketing. Mm -hmm. Now, no matter where you're at in your business, if you're jumping to marketing before you have a solid brand, you are not serving yourself well. You're not doing yourself a service. So branding is the visuals that we see. This is what most people think of, and I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. Yes, you were right. The visuals, logos, colors, fonts, imagery, videography, shapes, patterns, how we frame videography, how we frame our photos, right? All of that visual stuff is, yes, a part of your brand. But this is the part that people don't know about your brand. Intentionality. So we have visual and then intentional. Intentional is what do we do? How do we do it? Why do we do it? What do we believe? How are we perceived? Are we funny? Are we witty? Are we serious? Are we poetic? What is our personality? What can you expect from us when you get to us? What lens do I look through to make every decision in my brand to ensure that it honors and represents me as a brand, me as a personal brand, or my entity as a corporate brand? And so intentionality, once you actually step back and define all that depth, those are the things that actually should be influencing your visuals. Oftentimes branding, people just Pick a color because it's their favorite color. Their daughter loves teal, so they pick teal, right? Instead of it being rooted intentionality that actually serves them in a really good way, which is why so many people get brand fatigue and jump to rebrands year after year. And so branding is everything that is about you, what you believe, how you feel, why you do what you do, what you actually do, how that looks, how that feels. And once you have that solid, what marketing is, it's not creating all of that. It's delivering that. That is why we call social media a marketing vehicle. It is the tool that delivers, like an Amazon truck, delivers your brand to your consumer. If you jump to market before you have solidified your brand, Then what happens is that these marketing vehicles, whether it's your social media marketing vehicle, your email vehicle, or your website, all of a sudden these vehicles, what are they delivering? They're delivering, oh, whatever you mentioned that day or, oh, whatever's trending that day. Instead of pulling back and coming to the same, what I kind of refer to as the branding warehouse, right? Mm -hmm. Coming back to your core warehouse and delivering consistently and cohesively who you are and what you do. So that's kind of a long answer.
0: <laughs> no, it was beautiful. And I think everyone's gonna have to listen to the episode twice just to get that part because I can tell you that I got it. I did the opposite. It was like, no, oh, I'll just go to market and you know, I like these colors. When yeah, I chuckled when you said I like these colors, <laughs> and I didn't really focus on that. Okay, so I get the branding part, it's what's inside of you and who you are. The clients that you work with, whether it's a personal branding situation or a corporation. Do you have to help drag that out of them? Is that part of your jam?
1: Not only is that part of my jam, that is like the secret sauce that makes me, me. I have this love to just poke and prod and pull and push you to go deeper into these exercises that we do to help get this out. Because like I said, it is not me putting lipstick on a pig and saying, hey, Brian, let's make your show amazing. I'm going to make it cool and funky and we're going to do this color. And no, it's about Brian, tell me what's really going on. Why do you do this? I want to know so much depth about the purpose that you have for whatever it is we're working on the show, right, your job, whatever. Yeah. That, that influences and inspires me to then create something that feels like it truly honors you. So when I say I'm pulling these things out of people, it is because I'm not putting lipstick on a pig. I'm truly making something that you are like, that is me in a form of something I've never even thought of in a brand.
0: Hey there, back to the episode in just a moment. Are you a homeowner in the Chicagoland area who's struggling to sell your home or even own nothing and looking to maximize your price before the market slides? Are you tired of the traditional home selling process that takes months and costs you thousands in fees and repairs? Whether you're facing foreclosure, going through a divorce, or simply need to sell your home fast, WeBuyHousesChicago.org can help. We've been buying homes in Chicago since 2019, and we specialize in helping sellers who are stuck. Unlike traditional real estate buyers, we buy homes as is and can close in as little as seven days. No repairs, no inspections, and no fees. Just a fast, hassle-free sale. Let WeBuyHousesChicago.org help you sell your home and move on to the next phase of your life. Call or text us today at 312-500-6121. If you know someone who is struggling to sell their home or simply just wants top price, please share this message with them. As a listener of the W2 Prison Break Show, we buy will pay you for your referral. If you send us a referral and we buy their house, we will pay you a $1,000 referral fee. Simply have your referral mentioned the W2 Prison Break Show. Let's get back to the show. Yeah. And I think you have I would assume that exercise might be a little bit painful for some people, but at the same time, it's important because, you know, this is what you're delivering, as you said, via the social media vehicle. Yeah to be able to increase your sales or your visibility or whatever your clients are trying to accomplish.
1: And I will say that I think it is challenging for a lot of people, Mm -hmm. but the way I approach it is I definitely make it fun. I definitely get you out of your comfort zone, but in a safe way. I tell every single one of my clients before we start that the whole point of discovery, we do a full eight-hour day. It is a full deep dive. The whole point is not for you to tell me all the answers to my questions in an eloquent, beautiful way. It's to finally, for the first time in a long time, get the mess out of your head. Let me worry about making it pretty and eloquent. Get this feeling out of your heart. Get those things, those butterflies that's been in your gut. Get that all out. Let me get it on paper. Let me get it to my team. And how freeing is that? So while, yes, it is challenging and difficult for some, when I frame it like that, it's relieving and transformative.
0: I love it. I love it. Yeah. And getting a lot of, because I think a lot of, I'm just thinking of me personally, but maybe a lot of people who are on social media, maybe because that's what everybody's doing now, right? They're trying to create a brand or marketing on social media. And I'll ask you about what your favorite mediums are here in a minute, but I would just assume they get so caught up in that block that they just probably quit or you know do it the wrong way or they just get burned out. I mean you hear all about these influencers or these folks on social media who just, you know, they just can't seem to be consistent with what they're trying to accomplish. And it's probably because they have not done this exercise that you're talking about.
1: Absolutely. And if they have done it, they had put it on a shelf to collect dust. They're not living and breathing it. They're not looking through it like a lens every day with every decision, one of the easiest tips that I can give that not only will help in branding, but will help in business and even life is simply these four words. Does this serve me? With everything you're doing, ask yourself, stop. Does this serve me? Now, if you're you know, thinking about posting this thing and you're hesitating, but you pull back, pause, say, does this serve me? And you cross-reference it with your brand, with what you stand for, with what you believe. And you can say, yeah, that actually does serve me. Mm-hmm. Then it's so much easier to take action and to move forward. And you're not going to get burnt out because it's we intrinsically want to do things that will serve us well. And so now all of a sudden it's like, okay, yeah, I'm going to do that. It doesn't feel like burnout because you're not wondering, you're worrying, is it working? We get burnt out because we're like, oh, do I need to post again? Does anyone care? The moment you eliminate that and just know that it's authentically you and serving you in that way, the burnout rate goes down tremendously.
0: Yeah. I wrote that down, does this serve me? And I'm going to keep that. So thank you. You've taught me. You're welcome. I'm going to leave that. You just talked about posting. So I mean, I'm going to ask you because you're an expert. I hear this all the time and I wish I knew the answer because everyone has a different answer. And I'm sick of people telling me what to post and when to post. So maybe you could tell us what we're supposed to post and when to post.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, what to post and when to post really comes down to what is your intention for your business, right? So if your intention is to sell water bottles, right? Should you post about your water bottles? Yes, of course. But do people come to a social media platform to be sold to all day long? No. We now have DVR. We skip through commercials. We have the power to do that. You know, we no longer actually, like, we never wanted it. We definitely don't go to our social for it. So do we understand as consumers that it's part of it? Yes. But when we're thinking about what to post, we got to get beyond just the obvious of buy my water bottle. That's where your brand comes in that's where what matters to you comes in so if part of your water bottles is that a percentage of every water bottle goes to you know a third world country that doesn't have you know clean water that's part of your brand do you now talk about that is that something you post does that serve you why yes that would serve you to talk about that right now if you also sell water bottles and a percentage of every you know purchase goes to this charity but you are An avid traveler, would it serve you well to post about your traveling? Actually, I think that would serve you beautifully because you care about other countries. You care about traveling. You care about seeing the world through other people's ways and maybe even learning about their water needs. Now, if that same person with the water bottle in the third world country and who loves to travel also He loves to get down in the club and take some shots and get funky and maybe pass out that night. Would posting that serve them? Maybe that wouldn't serve them as well. Mm. Would that maybe reduce some of the trust potentially? Now, am I saying no one should ever post something like that? No. What if you are a club promoter? What if you are an experienced promoter? And that's what people want from you. The point is, is you have to think about what am I posting if it's ser- i know i'm like hon- like doubling down on this but does it serve me does it serve the intention i set out for for my business if the answer is yes it serves me post it all day long you won't get burnt out because you're like this is actually going to help me this is serving my mission to get more water bottle purchases to get more percentages to go to the people who don't have clean running water do you see how kind of like those all connect
0: Totally. I love that you gave a real world example and you just grabbed a random (laughs) thing on your desk and just gave a perfect example. I mean, I think everyone's going to start selling water bottles now.
1: As long as you do it with heart, I'm on board.
0: Do it with heart. Correct. So I mean, everybody is selling water bottles, but this this is a great example of, and it leads into my next question, which I know you have some great insight on, which is why is this so important? Why is what you just described so important?
1: Yeah. 50 years ago, maybe, or 50, 60 years ago, where would you go for your prescriptions, your drugs, your groceries? You'd go to the corner store mm-hmm. because it was the closest and only option. Where would you go to buy shoes? You'd go maybe to the mall or to the strip mall and because it was the closest shoe store. Now, if you want to buy shoes... You have, at the click of a button, with your finger, a thousand gajillion, billion, every million, like so many options. The the options are endless on where you can choose to shop, where you can choose to go to the store. You no longer are limited, even groceries. We can choose pre-made meals. We can have our meals delivered. We can have groceries delivered. We have, at the touch of a button, endless potential for where we would like to shop, So what that means for us as people who offer products or services is now it's not just about having the best water bottle or having the best shoes. It's about what do I serve in a deeper purpose that makes you connected to this water bottle deeper than holding water, deeper than putting on my feet and getting down the hiking trail, right? Consumers now recognize that their dollars are not just about an exchange for a thing. They're about serving a bigger mission. They're about standing for something. People, you know, 20 years ago when that first iPhone went out, people were standing in line for days on end okay, maybe not days on end, hours and hours, you know, overnight putting up little tents to sleep outside of the Apple store. Not because the Apple phone was the best phone ever to be made. It was because it stood for something. It stood for innovation. It stood for ahead of my time. It stood for, I am tech savvy. It stood for something that they believed that they wanted to be a part of, or that that's intrinsically them. And that this device walking around was so important to them to be able to walk around with it, that they had to be the first to be there. That is why your brand is so important because it's no longer just about the thing you sell. It's about connecting a deeper meaning and purpose to the people who want to buy from you.
0: I love it. I never thought about the iPhone that way. The branding was awesome. I just was like, oh, their commercials are so cool and everyone's got one. And I didn't wait out hours. I just, you know, that's not me. But yeah,
1: people didn't have to. You could just literally wait 48 hours and then every store had them in dozens or, you know, in thousands. Like, It was about making that stance Mm -hmm. that this is who I am, that I was first. And that's a huge part of their brand.
0: Yeah. So what I'm hearing, and again, thank you for being super clear on it. What I'm hearing is that your brand has to stand for something or it should, or that's a way to kind of differentiate yourself from the other water bottles.
1: Mm -hmm. Yep.
0: And And it doesn't have
1: to be like a charity. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. Like it doesn't have to tie to some sort of like charity or something.
0: Okay. But just stand for something and be connected to you in some way, personally. Yes. Okay. Okay. That's such a great way to think about it. I love that.
1: There always is something. I've had people come to me and said, no, I just do it for the money. I literally have had business owners say, no, there's no real reason for it. I just do it for the money. And I have yet to have somebody that I can't poke and prod and be like, no, look, listen, this is you, this thing. I just pulled all this out of you. You just told me all of these things. And look, you do this in every way that you've ever done anything. There's this little tie here. And you're still doing it today. So you might think it's just about the money, but I will find the actual deep purpose that you bring to the table every time. And as soon as I find it, or as soon as you help me discover it, mm-hmm. that is the thing that we brand that you then take to market.
0: Love it. This is all what comes out after your eight-hour interrogation process, <laughs> yes. have, right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> I love it. Interrogation.
0: Yeah, which is, look, it's I joke, but it's important to uncover this stuff because, again, you don't even realize it, so you have to go through the exercise. So so glad that you explained that. I'm just curious because you just grabbed the water bottle, right? Yeah. Is there anything else, I'm putting it in the spot, is there anything else on your desk that you would grab and do the same thing with to give the listeners and the viewers who are watching on YouTube just something to think about?
1: Yeah. Like just do that again with a, just yeah, a yeah, different yeah. That was so
0: awesome. And I know you could do it again.
1: Yeah. I got like two things. I'm going to go with this one. Okay. These. So these are, it's probably hard to tell. It's a horrible one because it's a light color. These are little cards that you just flip through every day. They're affirmation cards. It just has a simple message that you nice. remember every day. So let's say this is what you sell. This is a product, right? So deeper to this product, it's not just cards that are holding a container. What does this do every day? It's motivation. It's inspiration. It is taking someone who might be depressed and bringing them out of that. What is it? Daydreaming is preparation. I hadn't even done one today. So <laughs> let's do this together. My affirmation today is daydreaming is preparation. So what this tool is, is a lot more than cards in a card holder. So as a brand, if this is my product and I want to get it out there, I'm not going to say, oh, I sell affirmation cards, right? I'm going to say, I believe in empowering individuals on a daily basis. I believe that by making them beautifully designed and aesthetically pleasing, that they will actually show up in front of you every day. So part of my value system is that I'm empowering, that I am Visual, I'm aesthetically pleasing. I'm, you know, we'd find a great word to say that. And another part of what's important to me, let's make sure we don't have a charitable process that part of this Mm -hmm. is that they target entrepreneurs. So this is specifically for entrepreneurs. So in addition to being empowering and aesthetically pleasing, on the back of each of those cards, maybe it has a tip, a tip about branding, tip about marketing, tip about efficiency, tip about finance, right? And so part of their value system is we want to empower you. We want to make sure that you use the tool. So accountability. And additionally, we want to give you value every day because we are you. We're entrepreneurs. We created a product that makes entrepreneurs more successful. So we see a little bit of ourselves in you and vice versa. And so we're going to make sure you see that. Yeah. And so like, as far as a post would go or something like that, you know, somebody who is marketing this product, once they have those values is they're not going to just say, Hey, buy our affirmation cards. They're awesome. They're going to say every morning when you wake up, don't go without a little empowerment Buy our product, put it on your desk. Cause it's beautiful and don't forget the tip on the back. Right. Do you see it's a little change of like do you want to be empowered every morning? Well, heck yeah! Who heck doesn't? Yeah. You know, do it. it shifts the mindset to a connection point versus a product. I love it. By I the love, way, folks, no one's ever asked me to do that. I love that.
0: I told this was not planned. I put her on the spot because the water bottle <laughs> thing was awesome, and she delivered it on the fly. Mm-hmm. Super awesome! I love live coaching, and I do have one of these inspirational things on my desk. So entrepreneurs have this stuff. So I'd buy that thing. I love that thing. Yeah. That was super awesome.
1: Super awesome.
0: Good, good. Okay. Great job. All right. So Vim, let's talk about it. How do we get in touch with you? She even has like perfectly aligned her logo (laughs) right there. Put a little hand up. So how do we get in touch with you again? Because this is just great stuff.
1: Yes. So if you want to get hold of Vim, you go to getvim.com. Now Vim is spelt with two I's. It stands for visual, intentional, integrated marketing. And so that's what we do. We help our clients visually and intentionally create their brand and then integrate that through their marketing. So getvim.com is how you can get a hold of me. I am absolutely immersed in everything in the brand. So if you book a consult, it's going to be with me. If you DM, get Vim, It's going to be me who responds. So absolutely reach out. We can do a consult for free and just see if we're a good fit. We have done for you services where you're like, Steph, let me get the mess out of my head, my heart, my gut. Let me hand it over to you and you do your magic. Or if you're like, I'm kind of not there yet, or I'm a little bit of a control enthusiast. I don't think I can hand it off. We have some DIY tools that we can support you with as well.
0: Oh, that sounds super interesting. Do you want to like tease the DIY stuff? Sure. Or
1: you... Yeah. So we, like I've made it very clear, we spend a full day together with our full, our done for you clients. Mm-hmm. So what I've done is I've provided the actual, the exact workbook that I work through my clients with paired with an hour long video guidance tool from me. And you just kind of pause in between episode or in between exercises. And I want you to use the workbook and the video guidance to actually go through the whole exercise. If it takes you a day, great. If it takes you you know, four hours, awesome. If it takes you a couple of weeks because you do exercise one day, another day, great. And then in addition to the workbook and the video guidance, I have you book a 90 minute follow-up call with me. And this is the cherry on the cake. This is what no one, not no one, but not enough people do. How many of you listening and Brian, you probably as well have bought some sort of program or a workbook or a module system and then never logged in again or never did it or put it off to the side and then got busy. Right. So I have exactly, I've done it too. So that's why I was like, I don't want people to do this. I don't want people to just download my workbook and my guidance tool and buy it and then never get anything from it. I care more about your brand to do that. So In addition to the workbook and the video guidance, I include a 90-minute follow-up session with me, and it'll do a couple things. It'll put you to the gun and make sure you do it. So, hey, accountability, who doesn't need a little of that? B, I want to make sure that you went deep enough through these exercises and see, I want to get you some next steps. I want to hear where you're going to take this and actually implement it. Because once again, I believe in it not sitting on a notepad collecting dust. I want you to live and breathe it. Look through the lens of it every day so that it can serve you as best as possible.
0: Awesome. Folks, please do that. Okay. <laughs> and just in general, like I've made the, the mistake of taking courses. And that's why I stayed at my job for 25 years. Because I didn't take action. So you got to do the thing that you signed yes. up for. And then accountability. I can't say enough about that. We could probably do a whole episode on accountability.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: <laughs> I'm going to just assume, Steph, that your chronic itching habit has probably gone away at this point with what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. I-
1: I wouldn't say it gone away. It comes in different forms now. It's like, ooh, we could offer this service or ooh, we could do this program. But I believe so strongly in the branding, discovery, and development that we do. Mm -hmm. And it's so different every time that it is definitely fulfilling my itch.
0: That's great. I love it. I love it. I want to ask you about, because I ask most of the guests on the show, because the similarities are very the same, like business owners, people who are successful who are intentional, they typically have really great habits. So I'm going to ask you, what would be maybe like a habit or two that you've done consistently either before you started your business or just now that really kind of in your mind sets you apart and keeps you going?
1: Yeah. So I have a personal and then probably a couple business. So personally for me, making time and prioritizing, whether... You know, and I know it sounds so cliche to just say, do it first thing, get it out of the way, but I have prioritized my fitness. I'm not like the fittest person at all you can tell, but I go with my trainer twice a week and I make sure that I don't book any meetings. I make sure that I literally will tell someone, okay, fine, I'll take that slot, but I'm going to be coming in athletic wear because I'm coming straight from the trainer. I've prioritized that. It seems to be the only time that I literally can't have my phone in my hand and I actually can take. A break and do something for me. And so that habit has been really good. And that has lent itself to better habits as well. If you're going to be training with a trainer twice a week, you're going to start realizing, oh, I need to like do something on the other days, like maybe a walk or some yoga. And then you're like, well, I probably shouldn't eat that thing that doesn't serve me very well because of these other habits. So I will say, whether or not your body image feels right or if you want to change it, Just prioritizing something fitness-wise, health-wise is a huge habit that I know serves me well. And then as far as business goes, I floundered and struggled and sticky-noted everywhere for, well, until I hired my operations manager and we got ourselves a project management system. There are so many out there. There are business-oriented ones, ones that are specifically serving real estate clients. Real estate people branding agencies, you know, there's so many different systems out there, beauty salons, gosh, there's so many athletic clubs, but find a project management tool that helps take all of what you have going on in your brain. Once again, it's like the idea of all this mess, get it somewhere, get it in somewhere that you live and breathe and you go to on a regular basis. I absolutely would be a full blown mess. If it wasn't for the project management tool that I use and the support that my operations manager has given me to continue to evolve that tool and make it more involved or more like, you know, bled into our business, yeah,
0: awesome. So systems and accountability. We keep going back to this word accountability. yeah, right yeah, so, I love it. okay, Steph, this has been tremendous. I've learned so much as we start to wrap up here, I just wanted to ask you again, everyone, please go to get them dot com, two eyes in Vim.
1: Yes. And
0: check out the stuff, get in touch with the Anything that you, any final thoughts that you might have, anything that you wanted to share that I forgot to ask you?
1: I think the thing I want to leave you with is if you only take two things away, I want you to take this second one. The first one is the question, does this serve me? I want you to just use that. Use that tool. It is my free gift to you. And then the second free gift is this Forbes.com shared this article and this stat, and it's incredibly powerful. It states that brands who consistently across all platforms present themselves consistently and cohesively report back an increase of 24% overall revenue. So my question to you is, if you are making a million dollars, what is $240,000 extra in your budget going to do for you? Is that worth slowing down, looking at your brand, and ensuring that you are consistently and cohesively presenting that across all the brands. Even if you are a $100,000 business, what is $24,000 going to do for you? And if that will make an impact on your business, whether you work with a branding agency like myself or another specialist, the free thing you can do and start getting closer to reaping some of those benefits is just being consistent. So yeah, does this serve me and be consistent? Absolutely.
0: Great share at the end there. And you asked the question, I'm answering. Yes, it would 24%. So regardless (laughs) if it's 100,000, a million or 50,000, it's like, yeah. Exactly.
1: Yep.
0: Awesome. Steph, thanks so much for taking the time to be on and taking us to school. I'm grateful for your time.
1: Yes. Thanks for having me. I love the concept of your show.
0: Thank you so much. Everyone make it a great day. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the W2 Prison Break Show. Don't forget, you can watch all full episodes on our YouTube channel. Definitely check that out and please subscribe. Go to www.w2prisonbreak.com to learn more. If you like this show, please leave us a rating and review so we can continue to support you and the thousands of others planning their W2 Prison Break. Here's to busting you out.